Iran is the fastest growing church in the world right now per wow. capita. That's how God accomplishes his plans. It is wow. not so that the end time can take place and we can all get raptured, especially us Americans, and the rest of the world can go to hell. No, God has a plan for the whole world. Mm. God loves the whole world, regardless of your color, your race, your religion. He loves you. He died for you, knowing where you're at. Mm. And he's with open arms are saying, I don't care where you are, who you are, what you are. Come to me. I accept you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncomplicated Podcast. I have such a special guest with us today. Oh, How you. do I even introduce you, man? <laughs> do you realize we've been friends for like As 20 your years? Friend, uh, well, even longer than that. You grew up with my kids at Church on the Way. That's you know, true. Right? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so I've known you and your family for, I don't know, 40 years now. We became good friends when I had the privilege of taking your class yeah. in college. And uh, this is Shah Afshar, everybody. Hi there. Uh, affectionately known as Prof Shah, <laughs> which is the combination of, of Professor and of Afshar. Right, like Shah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, you have so many radical stories <laughs> about what you've done overseas, uh, particularly in the Middle East, particularly in Iran. And that's really why we wanted to talk with you today about Thank what's you. happening. Thank you. Um, and before I get to that, um, I, want to, I want to plug your book because oh, this book, Shame on You, full <laughs> of uh, all the great stories. And I remember, I don't know if you know this, I was at this book release party like 10 years ago. That's right. That's I was there. Oh, wow. So, you're right. Yeah, uh, you can get this on Amazon. And um, this is your humor, man. Shame on you. You're sitting here covered in ashes. <laughs> um, of, of shame, yes. Of shame ashes. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Rising from the ashes of shame to face guilt. guilt. So, man, uh, you can get that on Amazon. But so, Thank you. I mean, what are some of the topics you think we should talk about today? Well, uh, right now, Iran is a very, very hot spot. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, it's a good thing to talk about what is happening in that country, my uh, mother country, the place that I was born and raised and lived there for almost 19 years. Mm. Uh, there are what we hear is are extremely unfortunate, painful, uh, but it puts things in perspective. Uh, the fact that you and I are freely sitting here right now without any fear of any armed <laughs> uh, soldiers breaking in and arresting us for just because we're talking our hearts out. Right. We don't realize what a privilege that is because two-thirds almost of the world does not have this freedom that we have. Mm. And it's so good to be thankful for what we have here. Whether you believe in God or not, just be thankful, be grateful. Yeah. Uh, rather than constantly thinking about, oh, I wish I had that. Why don't I have that? Why, why is the other guy has a better, I don't know, pair of snicker, sneakers on right. than I do, you know? So that is um, some of the things that I like to talk about. But Iran, Iran is, oh, man, it's, it's a bomb about to explode. Mm. Uh, someone just told me, reminded me that with, uh, well, l let me go back. In 1987, 1978, uh, Iran went through an Islamic revolution. Right. And, and uh, we kicked out the monarch, the Shah, because 
People wanted a better life, and they thought that this group can bring them a better life. Well, it has turned out to be one of the 40 years of nothing but misery. Is this the Islamic Republic? Islamic Republic has created nothing, nothing but misery for people. Can I ask a question that might be kind of ignorant? <laughs> uh, I have a friend uh, that I work out with every week, Iranian, and and he he was saying that the Islamic Republic is similar to maybe like the Taliban regime. Would it sure. be similar? Right. Okay. Well, so what's happening in Afghanistan is that similar? Not quite as bad. Uh, without offending anyone, Iran under the Shah was called the Paris of the Middle East. So. Iranians are very well advanced. Educa- we, you know, right now in America, we're the third most educated minorities. Mm. So uh, if that tells you anything, I mean, you live in the valley. Uh, on every corner, there are five Iranian doctors. They can't, you can't pronounce it. That's Iranian. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so in that sense, uh, we are more advanced. But it was the uh, Islamic Republic that brought, uh, that encouraged the Taliban you know, and on, or started all the revolutions around the Middle East. Uh, Iranian uh, revolution caused a lot of disorder in the Middle East. But this is the beauty of it. Um, it, it is, uh, to an extent, uh, like the Taliban, but we, they have respect for women. They allow them to go to school um, and, and um, get educated. Uh, but you say that, but isn't, I mean, didn't a 22-year-old girl, um, didn't she just get beat to death f- yep. for wearing her hijab, her hijab she too No, loosely? she had hijab on. She but it was, was too covered. loose or something, right? Just a little bit you of talk a little closer. Sorry. Yeah. Just hold it if you need to. Yeah, I'm getting excited. I'm Middle Eastern. I would speak with my hands. You know, <laughs> so I just, yeah. If I you hold my hands, I don't know what to say. Because, you know, you read something like that. Her name was... Masi, um, Masi, yes, uh, yeah, and uh, twenty-two years old. From what I understand, hijabs used to be really tight covering the hair, and then over the years, they've gotten a little bit looser and looser. Right. And uh, you know, depending on who you, and I guess they were saying put it on tighter. I mean, you, I, I only know what to read. Well, where, sure, where do you get the information? Uh, again, and I then don't she's know why they chose her. That's the painful part because women in Iran. God bless them. They have more courage. Man, I mm. tell you, th- women are the ones who are leading this revolution right now. And my hat's off, man. My, uh, so uh, I don't know why they chose her. And she was from another city. And she kept telling them, I'm, I'm your guest here, you know. Mm. She was showing a little bit of hair. Mm. And they wanted to take her to the... Uh, uh, what do you call it, the, the camps that the brainwash you, re-education. Mm-hmm. They say, well, we're just going to take her in for a couple of hours to teach her what, what's the proper way. But they beat her to death. And this was the government? Well, absolutely. Wow. But the problem is there are so many factions. That there is no government in Iran. Mm. It all depends on whose hand you're going to fall into mm. at the, any particular day. And, and so uh, their left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. These are the morality uh, police, they call them. Right. They'll go around seeing what, who they can arrest. A bunch of people with hang-ups and, and, and frustrated uh, that, that um, you can look better than I do or your hair do or your makeup is better than mine. See a bunch of women who, uh, or men who are just feel so insecure. They have to bring other people down, beat up other people, mm. 
to get even with them, you know? So, well, anyway. somebody might have stumbled on this podcast today because you're searching about this, the protests that are going on right now, even here in the States, or maybe about this young lady and this, this, uh, this nightmare. Um, the, really the perspective we come from, whether it's a guest or whether it's my wife who's normally on the show is about how people are complicated and life is complicated. And we all feel that probably more than ever, but God never intended faith to be complicated. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what would it be like to be a Christian in Iran today? Because how I first met you was you were teaching at our school and you would come and tell the most radical stories <laughs> about terrorists and being, I mean, I want you to tell that story about that, that uh, we'll call it an earthquake for okay, now, right. because you had some crazy st stories. I mean, it was a, your class, I don't know if you remember this, was about how to share God's love with people in a right. way that wasn't offensive, in a way that would just kind of put them first and help them and and, and kind of earn the right to right. talk to them about exactly. it. Exactly. It was a powerful Very class. good, very, very good uh, um, phrase you just used, earn the right. If it was so good, why did I get a C in the class? <laughs> no, no way. You were, you were my, <laughs> um, you know, the five years I taught there, you were one of my best students, man. Uh, and, uh, um, and, and, uh, I mean, yeah, let, let me brag about you a little bit, bro. I dude, mean, nobody uh, yeah, cares. man. Nobody no, cares. Uh, I do. I do. I brag. There's not much I can brag in my life about, but this is, he's one of them, man. He's one of my students. And I mean, you know, you are the pastor of a very, very, uh, I don't want to use successful, but it, but a happening church, bro. So that, that, that. Just hey man, that's one of the stuff on my resume, you know. <laughs> well, God's been, God's been amazing. Um, isn't it crazy when you put people, when you start trying to think about other people other than yourself, how God's ready to just jump in and absolutely, and and uh, that's what you taught us, you know, was that God's at work around the world, yep. and we have to kind of get that that lens that off where we're just thinking about ourselves all the time and everything's about us. And if we can just stop thinking, if we can just in, in the slightest way, think about other people, you can really see where God's at work. So Amen. I'm, Amen. I'm, I'm working out with my buddy who's Iranian, like I told you, and he's just frustrated. He went to the third protest, you know, cause he grew up there and he's feels kind of stuck over here in the States right. and he can't go back and do anything to help. And uh, he tells me, he's like, when is God going to send another prophet? to deliver the people. <laughs> He's like, I've read the Quran. I've read the uh, scriptures. I know, I know that God has to send somebody to deliver everybody. And, right. you know, I'm just sitting there as a Christian thinking, Oh, he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but what is it like? What's the temperature like? Cause when, when you, when you were my, my, my professor, you were going back and forth. Right. What is it like now? When's the last time you took a trip? Yeah. Or are you are you are okay. you retired from your missionary efforts? No, there? no, no. Uh, Cause you were rescuing people and doing medical clinics and all sorts of stuff. Right. Uh, I am persona non grata in Iran because of my Christian activities. So I haven't been back to Iran. So just make it very clear uh, because uh, no sooner do I get off the plane, they can arrest me right at the airport. He hasn't been back to Iran. Uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that we haven't done it other ways. Right. I haven't. Uh, uh, so, so let me tell you what, what we did. In um, 2003, I believe, when was it we invaded, I think it was, two, yeah, oh three when we in, invaded Iraq under President Bush, uh, <laughs> I took a, a group of Arab doctors and missionaries uh, from Egypt. Uh, 
and we drove all the way from northern border of Iraq with Turkey to Baghdad. And uh, someone asked me, <laughs> so how was it to be there? I said, man, helicopters going over our head, shooting all night long, wow. bombing going off. I felt really at home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> because I live <laughs> next to Pocoima, bro. I mean. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. But... Um, People praying, fasting for us to have a safe trip. The reason we went there, we wanted to establish some clinics to help the people, and that's why I took some doctors with me. And uh, so we, we visited a lot of churches. We uh, tried to uh, connect with as many people as we could. We had a very good relationship with the, uh, the Ministry of Health because the vice president, uh, president of Ministry of Health, was Iranian, and we connected right away. In fact, he invited me to his house. It was the month of Ramadan. They were fasting, and he said, come break fast with us, you know. So just wonderful, wonderful relationship, so much honor and respect. Mm. Well, <laughs> he had given us some paperwork uh, so that we can start sending medication. And, uh, if, and I didn't tell you that. Five of us were uh, Middle Eastern. There was one white American with us, and we put him in the back of the bus with the, <laughs> the curtain drawn. We didn't want anyone to see his face. Gotcha. And he said, uh, hey, can I have see the paperwork? So I said, sure. I gave it to him, and I forgot to get it back from him. So foolishly, he had left his paperwork on top of the uh, his suitcase. So when we're trying to get out of the country, now you have to understand that northern part is called Kurdistan, the Kurdish people who are constantly in war with uh, the uh, Turkish people. And, and uh, the Turks do not recognize Kurdistan. To them, it's just Iraq. There is mm. no Kurdistan because they don't recognize the Kurdish people, mm. okay, for whatever reason. Is this similar to, similar to Palestine and Israel? Uh, exactly, okay. you know, right. Uh, to you and I, they all look alike. And they, I mean, we don't understand why they dislike each other, but it goes back thousands of years, right. hundreds of years. So as we get out, on the other side, the Turkish uh, border wants to go through everything we got. The first thing they open up is my friend's suitcase, and on top of it says um, the, the, the Republic of Kurdistan. Mm. on the paperwork. It's a government paperwork. Man, the soldier went crazy. Uh. And now my American friend, God bless him, goes, I'm an American. You have no right to talk to me like this. Uh -oh. And the Arabs are freaking out. They're coming to me, tell him, please, tell him to shut up. The man's got a <laughs> machine gun on him. You know, I mean, it could be that he, some of the, uh, his relatives are killed by the Kurds. You know, yeah. he hates them. And my American friend, I finally pulled him aside. I said, thank you. I said, brother, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, you know, we are so used to having, like I told you, the freedom we yeah. have here. And we think the whole world has to understand me. Well, they don't. And so I took the paperwork and I took the heading, and I just tore the paper off, took the heading off, nice. and I tore it up, and I said, no more Kurdistan. Nice. And, and the guy says, you're free nice. to go, you know. 
And Gangster. You, <laughs> <laughs> you just held it up. You're like, no more. Look, no more. You know, because I'm, my fight is not a political yeah. fight. I, I don't stand for it. I don't have a skin in the game. I want to go uh, over there, help people out, man. And if that means I don't recognize Kurdistan, I don't recognize Kurdistan. <laughs> Nobody needs to die today. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, what's, I mean, tell me, but is that the end of your story, though? Yeah, I'm getting there. Oh, I'm getting okay. there. So we get to Turkey. Uh-huh. So I write to everyone and said, man, we are of uh, Iraq, no more bombing. We're in Turkey, one of the most peaceful countries in that part of the world. They don't, they Turks don't like to be called a Middle Easterner. <laughs> so, uh, but what we had done, you talk about never been to Iran. What we had done was, <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, yeah, we used to take groups of Iranians out of Iran, bring them to Turkey because Turkey is also right next door to Iran. It takes like a couple of hours of flying and we would train them. And send them back again. Right. Well, we had just brought in a group of 15, 20 people and, uh, to train them. And uh, uh, that night, um, I got there kind of late. So I was hungry. I got to my hotel, checked in. And I said, I'm going to go out and get something to eat. As I'm walking on the sidewalk, I noticed that right across the street, right next to my hotel, adjacent, wall to wall, was a big compound with huge gates on it mm. and we got uh every once in a while the gate would open and an suv with all tented windows you know one of those gangster things yeah. you don't shoot out and the gate would close and there were cop cars on each side of the street watching it and i'm going wow what's going on this is right next to your hotel yeah i mean when i say next the walls are the same okay oh, okay okay in in uh, over there in those countries you don't have the distance or like the privilege that we have here yeah. there's so many between houses and so they're all wall to wall so i said well let me check it out so i will go over there and there's a plaque on the wall it says british consulate okay and i go first thought what a good place to bomb Hey, man, I'm, I'm Middle Eastern. That's what I think. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not supposed to laugh at that. I, no. You're not supposed to say that. I was, I was on the plane. This is another story. I was on the plane tra- going uh, from L.A. to uh, uh, San Francisco, and there was a couple sitting next to me, and they had been drinking, and, and they were all over each other. They were drunk, and I was reading a book called Muhammad, uh-huh. and uh so, but I didn't want people to see the title. Sure. This is again right after 9 11. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> so I would put the book down upside down, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, face down. Uh, and uh, at one time I forgot and I put it faced up. And I, and I had, was just had my eyes closed and I n- noticed that the guy next to me started pointing to his girlfriend, going, hey, hey, Look at the book, look at the book. And I said, under my breath to them, I said, Don't worry about it, guys. I'm not going to blow up the plane today. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I said, oh, my God, oh my why do I gosh. joke like this, you know? And and so anyway. Uh, I'm and not going to blow up the plane no, today. today, oh right. My and, gosh. and thank God they were drunk and, and it didn't. You're such a wild man, dude. Do you remember when you were, okay, do you remember when you, you came and spoke to my youth group one time and you brought like a switchblade knife and like pulled it on a bunch of teenagers? <laughs> yes, I do. Dude, I remember you're like, you're like uh, uh, you know, we're all praying for you because you're overseas doing a bunch of stuff you can't talk about. And we're like, we can't wait for him to get back and our 
class is praying for you and fasting for you. And you're like, don't worry, I'm bringing every student back a switchblade knife uh, well, as a souvenir. Yes. And I really tried to, but I got arrested at LA airport and CIA came Yeah, you're not FBI. supposed to bring 15 <laughs> to 20 switchblades. I had promised you so I was going to do it. Man. You wound up bringing some sort of like little cool little turtle, like this That's gold right. turtle. That's right. I couldn't bring you the knife. Yeah, so, it was yeah. cool. The, so. the knife would have been cool, but so just anyway. glad that you're alive. Okay, so anyways, back to your story. So you're at a hotel that is adjacent, uh, adjacent to the British consulate. Right. So, so I you're look seeing at SUVs come in and out. There's a lot of activity. You realize it's a fortified like compound. Absolutely. And you think to yourself, that's a great target. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's the first thought that went through my mind. And the very next day, the very next morning, I had just come out of my room, went downstairs in the basement we were meeting. Thank God it was in the basement. And within 10 minutes into the teaching, I hear this. My first thought, I mean, everything started shaking, glasses breaking, people screaming, crying. My first thought was earthquake. Uh, Turkey is like California, earthquakes all the time. Second thought was Iranian government found out what we're doing. They bombed us. A third thought was what I had thought the day before. Someone with about 500 pounds of TNT, some uh, 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 suicide uh, terrorist, oh my uh, god! Followed the British consulate into the compound as soon as the gate opened up and blew himself and everybody in the compound up. I mean, they—I have photos of it. Destroyed. Oh my god! The whole block was destroyed. But you were in the basement next I, door. But I was in the basement. Thank God. Oh so my now, god! <laughs> dude. So Are now, you kidding me? You're training like missionaries in the right, basement. Right. A suicide bomber comes in Absolutely. with 500 pounds of TNT and blows up half the block. Absolutely. While you're there. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And 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 now everybody's running out. I'm running upstairs taking pictures. I want to know what's going on. You're such a weirdo, dude. You, why are you like this? My why are you like this, dude? Not at 72, not anymore, bro. I slowed down. You know, that was when I You're was You're so fit. fearless. It's 53. crazy. Well, God has made you so special. Thank you. That's why thank I'm so glad very much. Oh man. Uh so with 78th revolution I tell you, man, that was the time that... Did you uh, live there at the time? No, no, no. I came out of Iran, I'm sorry, in 1969. So when the revolution's happening, they're overthrowing the king, right? right the Shah. Right. Are you in favor of that at the time? Are you thinking... I was in favor of the king. You No, you, absolutely. Like, we got to get rid of this monarchy? No, yeah. I, no, I wanted them to stay because oh. I, I knew that the uh, Islamic Republic could not. They didn't have the brain to, to uh, run the... Uh, so see, what, the, what they did was this. They used the communist students to overthrow the Shah with the promise that we're going to come in and we're going to establish democracy. As soon as they came in, they executed every one of those students. Oh, my gosh. And they took over. And, they, and ev the, ever since, the country's never been the same. What is this, 1979? This was 78, yeah. Okay, so, so my, my buddy, who I was telling you about, was tell he was saying when he grew up that he remembers... There was, you know, he's like, hey, there was a church on this corner, Christian church. There was a mosque on this corner. Right. There was a strip club on this corner. Right. There was a, a casino on this corner. Absolutely. And everybody coexisted. Yes. And everybody had, like, a level of freedom to do all that. Now, he said, I grew up poor. He goes, I didn't have a lot of technology. He's like, but there was, you could choose. And no, yes. everybody got along. Yes. And then the Islamic Republic comes in, and it's, what's the, Everything name, of, went. What's the name of that law? Is, is it? Sharia. Sharia law. You know, they they... Pushed it on everyone. And mm. uh, usually 
violent too, right? Murdering and these the are students. the oh my goodness, they killed, executed so many people, mm. so many people. Only history will show us what what these. I can't cuss, can I? <laughs> <laughs> what these people did. Yeah. So there's a whole generation now that's growing up that some were alive, but many weren't alive during this original revolution. Absolutely. Well, this whole this new generation wasn't alive then. You know, this is forty, almost forty two years now after right. the revolution. So these people don't know the Shah or uh, Khomeini. What they know is social media. Mm. And they watch the rest of the world living such a freedom. Mm. And God bless social media. You know, I'm, I'm, I, if I have little kids right now, I wouldn't allow them to right. have it. On the other hand, if you use it for the right purpose, it's the, one of the most powerful things God has given us in this country or in this world right now. Yeah. So, I mean, let's turn the conversation a little bit. Well, we can talk about whatever you want. Well, I'm that, just thinking about right. how... Is there anything, what would you want the just average, I hate to say this word ignorant, but we have, we're, you know, we don't, we don't really, we're focused on ourselves. Very so we're, so. Our, even though we are inundated with all this information, we're focused on ourselves. So the things that we are learning about, they're things that we want to learn about. And it may not be that, you know, we, we see this hit our radar with this young girl who's 22 years old who loses her life. We see the protests happening. What is, what should our response be? Whether you're a Christian or not, right? What do you think? What are we learning from this? Number one, get informed the right way because there are a lot of miscommunication, mm-hmm. misinformation right now on both sides. They they just want to bolster up what uh, mm-hmm. their cause, you know. Right. So number number one, uh, number two. How uh, would you do that though? What does that uh, look like? You know, it's not easy, bro. It yeah. really is not easy. Find people you trust. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, if you're interested in Iran, find Iranians. Mm-hmm. Ask them. Uh, again, uh, and uh, with a big a grain of salt, of course, and, and, and mm-hmm. find out what's going on. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. I have two friends that are Afghanistan, uh, Af- Af- Afghan- from Afghanistan. And one of them, going through a hard time, Shah, you know, Muslim, she will, she'll come to me and say, Hey, will you pray for me for this that's going on? Right. And then I have, my family lives in Afghanistan. They can't leave the house. Then I have, sorry to draw. I don't know if I should be drawing this parallel, but this is, is then I have another friend who's Muslim who is, believe it or not, pro Taliban. So I'm like, he's like, you know, that's good for our country. And I'm like, what is, I don't, this is so confusing for me. Is that because of his belief that, is that because of his religion that he believes that? It, what is that? Pride. Pride. And I usually say, if it's that good, why don't you go back? What are you doing here? So would I find the same thing with my Iranian friends? That some no, would be... I, I re- okay. If they say that they, they like uh, the, the, the new regime because they are connected to the regime... Mm. All right. There are the kids, the relatives of those people who run in the country, stealing all the money and supporting their kids and relatives over here. From what I, yeah, I've heard that there's a huge divide. If you work for the country, you're wealthy. Otherwise, you're Absolutely. in poverty. And from what I understand, most family lives in the States. Yes. They have got them all out and they got millions of dollars 
in uh, Swiss banks, somewhere billions of dollars, you know, some of them. I mean, some of them are probably the most, <laughs> uh, um, the richest uh, people, among the richest people in the, in the world. So to get educated, to be informed, as you yes. said, it would come through just a relationship with somebody who's either lived in Iran or family lives there. Or read a good source, a uh, news source that you trust, you know, and, and find out what is going on. For ye- for for th- this is the eighth week of the revolution right now. Interesting thing, it took uh, the people one year to kick the Shah out. Right. This is in eight weeks. I mean, this is happening so fast. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. Mm. Uh, you once you corner this government or the government members, knowing that there is no place in the world they can go to, <laughs> they're going to fight back. Mm. You know, so there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. But for us as Christians, to pray, pray. You know, let me tell you. Um, maybe people don't know. I come from a Muslim background. I decided to follow Jesus Christ in 1971, two years after I'd been here, and and uh, I've never looked back since then. My whole life changed. And, and then I started the first Iranian church in the United States in 78, uh, 87, excuse me. And, and um, no, 78, I'm sorry, in 78, yeah, a, a year after the revolution, uh, right at the same time that the revolution in Iran started, I, I started the first Iranian church here without knowing what was going on in Iran. I mean, mm. without being aware that the revolution is about to happen. And, and uh, at the time, in 78, if you were to ask me how many Iranian believers from Muslim background do I know, I could count it on one hand. Right. That's pretty And And incredible. I remember when um, uh, the very popular teaching at the time among the churches was the second coming. Mm-hmm. So the end time. Right. So as soon as the revolution took place, there were articles and cartoons about, oh, yeah, now Iran's going to join the rest of the Arab world. They're going to attack Israel, and God's going to destroy them all, and then the second coming is going to take place. Right. Well, the Lord said to all this <laughs> teaching, okay, I was going to do something else, but I can't. Uh, there's a camera here. I can't do it. <laughs> and because, as I told you, at that time, I could only count how many Muslim background believers I knew. Today, by some st- estimates, there are one million Iranians who have decided to follow Jesus. Holy Christ. smokes! Iran is the fastest growing church in the world right now per wow. capita. Okay, that's how God accomplishes His plans. It is wow. not so that the end time can take place and we can all get raptured, especially us Americans. And the rest of the world can go to hell. No, God has a plan for the whole world. Mm. God loves the whole world. Mm. Regardless of your color, your race, your religion, he loves you. He died for you, knowing where you're at. Mm. And he's gonna, he, he is with open arms are saying, I don't care where you are, who you are, what you are, come to me, I accept you. Mm. And this is what I did, you know. I had no idea anything about Christianity. I just came to the point in my life, it was either suicide or listening to some Jesus freaks of the time. Mm. And I said, I'm riding my bike. I was riding a motorbike, doing 70, 80 miles an hour. And I go, 
Jesus. I said, God, I've tried Muhammad, Ali. These are the saints, you know, uh, with the prophet and the saint. Uh, and Cassius Clay, I'm sorry, you guys don't know who Cassius Clay is. Muhammad Ali's use, name used to be Cassius Clay. Right, we know. Yeah, you do? Okay, well, hey, some young people have no idea. And, and so, um, so anyway, I said, Jesus, if you're really who these people tell me you are, <laughs> yeah. I'll accept you if you give me good grades at school so I won't get kicked out of the university. Wow. That was my prayer. And I've never looked back. I mean, as, as ignorant as I was, as uneducated I was in Christianity, like you say, a, an uncomplicated God, I just said, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll take you in. What do I have to lose? Wow. I give it a shot. Well, what do you have to lose? You grew up uh, a Muslim. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, there's a lot of that's a that's a that's yes. like a death, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you well, got family, it was, I'm but sure I was, that I was here. I wasn't gonna die. You yeah. know, it's not like right now it is in Iran. Uh, to be a Christian is to be anti-government. So you you go uh, directly to prison. Yeah. Okay. And and so uh, as complicated as it is to follow Jesus over there right now. So many people are saying there's got to be more to God than mm. this religion of Islam. Yeah. And God is hearing the cries. Uh, I mean, the stories of how, uh, you've probably heard so many of them, how uh, Jesus appears to people. I've heard these stories. Over and over again. Radical stories about Jesus just showing up. One of my disciples right now is overseeing about 500 house churches wow. in, in Iran, okay? And he will tell you stories of how they encounter people who are hungry and uh, they believe in fasting and praying mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. said, we fast and pray until we believe God's going to do what he did in the book of Acts, then we'll go out. Wow. Okay? And, and he said, one of the things they used to do just, just so outstanding and uncomplicated, again, as you would say, um, and shows the power of living God. He said, we go sit in a park, and some guy comes sits next to me. Now, you don't know whether this guy isn't undercover, police for, you know, secret police for the, the government, or some really uh, guy who is desperate and hungry, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, if you 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 don't don't ever think that because he's a government person has a long beard and his turban, no, spike hair, tattoos, you know, different color hair, that, that earrings maybe, you know, for for guys it's okay. And he sits next to you, you think, oh, he's a hip young man. No, he turns out to be a government agent, mm. you know. So you have to be very careful. Nevertheless, you sit there and the guy starts talking, you know. Now. One of the things uh, you brought up was how I taught you to listen to people. Mm -hmm. Majority of human beings are not trained to listen. Correct. As we are talking, as someone's talking to me, I'm thinking about not what he's saying or paying attention or respecting what he's saying. I'm thinking about what am I going to say next. I've learned to listen to people and ask questions because I really care. I had no strings attached. I just want to know you better. Yeah. So they do the same thing. They, he said, we sat next, sit next to the guy, and, and I start talking. And uh, uh, he says, he starts talking. He says, you know what, man? I've been so depressed. You know, I want to commit suicide. 
And the, my friend says, we tell him, man, I used to be there until I read a story and really changed my life. Wow, what story? He said, out of my pocket, I pull out a crumpled piece of paper that I've written the whole first chapter of Book of Genesis. Oh, wow. Okay? Why handwritten? So if I get arrested, I say, man, I just downloaded this from internet. I mean, talking about God, do you have a problem with God? You know, it says God created everything. You know, you ever, so this is how they get away oh, with wow. it, right? Because if you get arrested with a Bible, yeah. they can, you know, uh, yeah, they can do you in. I mean, they don't necessarily, um, no, they won't kill you, but they make, they do things to you that you wish you were dead. Mm. And so, um, so he reads the first chapter, and at the end, this doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's like this. He said, we were talking to a, a prostitute, and when we got to the end of the story, she goes, God created everything for me? Yep. You mean he cares for me? Mm. Yep. Wow. Do you have any more stories like this? Mm. Are you interested? Yeah. Do you have anyone else that might be interested? Yeah, my, my wife. You know, see, and and so okay. Well, you know, we're gonna meet next Wednesday. Bring your wife with you too. Says so next Wednesday when he, he shows up, we give him a second story to read to his wife. From day one, we teach him, yeah, t- to share with other people, right? And he said gradually, we go higher and higher with the stories. They have like twenty-seven different stories, you know, and That's just yes, yes, and and eventually. He said, meanwhile, we're praying for these people and we see stuff happening in the lights. Heck yeah. You know, he said, I don't have a job. Two weeks into a meeting, he gets a job. My son is a drug addict. Six weeks into a meeting, he goes into a rehab. Or my daughter ran away. He come, she comes back. Wow. You know, stuff like that starts. So they never talk about Jesus. They, ne- they just talk about a creator who loves you. And eventually it gets to Jesus because people say, come on, man, you, you, you guys, we, we know enough about Christianity. This is, this is about Jesus, isn't it? You know, but by this time, you know them, they're open mm. and they're willing mm. to surrender their lives to Jesus. Mm. So this is what's happening in Iran right now. You know, I remember that during, during the Jesus movement, Jesus Freaks time in the 70s, honestly, all you had to say to someone was, Hot water. And they said, can I follow Jesus? I mean, it was God had prepared so many hearts. Right. He was now, working. And this, this is what's happening in Iran. God. So you said one million followers of right. Jesus in Iran. There is right no now. way I, I can know. But okay. this is by some estimate. So, so I please don't quote me on it as the gospel truth. I don't, because you don't. Well, you know somebody who, has five, who oversees 500 house yeah, churches. Yeah, but it's, each, each uh, uh Church may have ten people in it. It's a house church. So I wonder. Do you think, Shaw, like we'll look back in years? You know how we look back on China yeah. and we see what God did. Well, it was the Emperor Mao yes. in that whole time, and then there was, you know, same thing basically. Yes, church goes underground. Everyone thinks the church is going to disappear. Right. All of a sudden, they realize, oh, there's forty million or whatever it is, some insane number of absolute believers because of the miracles, because of the persecution, because of exactly what you're describing, a strategy that says, I believe God's at work in people's lives Amen. and I'm gonna just listen and I'm gonna get on board with what he's doing. Uh 
not a strategy that says, here I come to save the day. Exactly. But a strategy you know? that says, I really believe that God is right. a, God cares enough about you to be uh, at work in yes. your life. Um, yeah, and, so, and, and the fascinating part is that the, the leaders of most of these home churches are women. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know? I love it so much. It's just incredible I what God's so doing. You know? the, absolutely the opposite of what Islam did mm-hmm. with women. God is promoting women through Jesus Christ in Iran. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So as we kind of wrap up, you said a few things that would be what we learned from this. One you said was to get informed. And you said the best way to do that would probably be to have some Iranian Iranian friends. Right. right? Um, I mentioned that you could probably get different perspectives, though. So you said to, to someone that you trust. Yes. Right? Um, I think I'm not the only one who struggles with what I read. And I'm like, what? What news source am I reading? And Absolutely. How accurate is this information? And so it is a little confusing. So um, what else would be a way that we could respond as a as a human, as an American, as a Christian? Because you said we're eight weeks into this revolution that's happening right now. And we care about people. We want to know what we can do. Pray. You got it. Pray. You got it. Okay. I feel so helpless without prayer. I'm too old to go back and join those young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, honestly, I've often asked myself, as a Christian, what is my responsibility? Mm. Uh, some people are um, pacifist. They believe in Jesus saying, turn in the other cheek. I personally believe that Jesus was talking about personal relationship. Otherwise, uh, we would never have the revolution in this country and have uh, creating the greatest country on the face of the earth, you know. So, uh, but the only thing I can do effectively is pray and Mm. pray and pray and fast and pray. How would we pray? What would would be the things that we would say? Well, number one, of course, being cliche, that God's will would be done. Number two, uh, that that whatever expands the kingdom in Iran takes place. Now, if you talk to some of the, the kingdom Christ- of God, uh huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> amen, amen. Sorry, there is only one kingdom, and that's kingdom of God. Yes, yeah, so true. But if you talk to some of the believers in Iran, they say no, we still want the Islamic government because of the oppression causes more people to turn to Jesus. Mm, okay, that's tricky. It's very, very tricky. These are people who face death every day under this regime, but they prefer to see the kingdom of God expand, and more Iranians coming to the Lord under this situation wow. than if the freedom comes in and then life goes back to being, uh, you know, hunky dory. Uh, uh, like it was that under the shot. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you do? But uh, you know, man, that that's where you you just seek God's will. That's when uh, you seek God's face. How do you want me to pray, Lord? How well, would you pray for me? <laughs> Can I just stand in the gap for anybody who's watching right now? Pray for me that I would know how to pray and how to respond. Amen. Man. You can even look at that camera. If okay. You want right now well, if it. there are some of but you, you got to hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, you so I much. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I love you so much. You know what I mean? You you've been such a friend of me. Look at you. You've been such a friend of me all these years. Thank I admire you. you so much. Oh, and bro. You've been such a witness. Um, Thank you. Of laying you. your life down for other people. And I just I want to be like you. You know, I want to say <laughs> when I want to say yeah when I grow up. I want to live a life like you. You know that says hey my life my life's gonna matter. Amen. Well. It will, it will. Thank you. 
Um, um, thank you. I really am honored that you even invited me to be with you today. And uh, dear God, teach us how to pray Amen. in this situation, Lord God. Lord, my prayer has always been, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us yeah. sinners. Have mercy on the nation of Iran. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on people who have uh, uh, lost loved ones, on people who have, lo uh, have loved ones they haven't heard anything about for the last eight weeks, the, the ones who are in uh, prisons. Lord, the ones who died in the fire in the prison. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord God. Father, we really don't know how to pray except your kingdom come. Your will be done in Iran as it is in heaven. Let that freedom that comes from Jesus ring in the hearts of those who are seeking you, who are hungry, who feel so empty right now. Be merciful to them, Lord God. Let them see that you are the King of kings. Let them see, O oh Lord God, that no kingdom in this earth can match the kingdom that you can bring into their lives, into their hearts. Amen. And also, Lord God, help my brother here and his church members and those who are listening to us, teach them how to pray for this situation. For we ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. If you found this podcast helpful, uh, to your journey, wherever you're at, uh, feel free to share. Leave us a comment. Let us know. Ask a question that you would like us to discuss, and we will get around to that as well. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for Thank having you, me, Thank you, Sha. God bless you, bro.